Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Project Life Mastery Podcast. I'm Stefan James, founder of ProjectLifeMastery.com, internet entrepreneur and life coach with a passion for living life to the fullest and fulfilling my potential as a human being. My purpose for this podcast is to be a powerful and passionate example of the unlimited possibilities that life offers for any of us that has the courage to commit ourselves to life mastery while sharing ideas, concepts, and strategies that can help you master every area of your life from your health, mindset, emotions, business, finances, relationships, and spirituality. Now, if you're someone like me that is hungry to take their life to the next level, then you're in the right place. Welcome and let's begin. Hey everyone, this is Stephen James from Project Life Mastery and I'm here right now with Todd Herman who is the author of the best-selling book called The Alter Ego Effect, The Power of Secret Identities to Transform Your Life. And Todd has been working with and mentoring for the last 20 years some of the most successful top performers in the world, Olympic athletes, CEOs, entrepreneurs, public figures. And he's created this book to dive in and what we're going to dive in today is how you can take your performance to the next level. So Todd, man, thanks for taking the time. Buddy, it's long overdue. Yeah. <laughs> Do you mind sharing with people your story? How did this all come about and how did you get to working with some of the world's top performers? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I grew up in a, uh, on a farm and ranch in Western Canada, both Canadian guys. I mean, I live in New York City now, but, uh, you know, growing up at that farm, I was all about sports and uh, activity, trying to keep up with my older brothers and... You know, over the course of time, I was pretty good at a couple of different sports, and that managed to get myself into a uh, you know college football scholarship, uh, played college football, and but my kind of I mean I'm not a physically gifted person. I'm not six foot four and 250 pounds or something like that. So my uh, kind of big superpower or that I kind of maybe developed was my mental game approach that I had, and I was really good with that. Played bigger than I probably was. Well, I know that I did. I played bigger than I was, and you know it. After I got done playing, I ended up getting into you know coaching young athletes, and I'd share more with them about you know how the mental game worked, and you know or how to like just giving them strategies like better routines and better um, preparation and like some goal setting and just the things that I was using, and they started getting really really great results, um, and that just ended up turning into a business for myself. But a lot of that actually came from my where where I actually needed to develop mental game stuff and some mental toughness was. I had a really bad experience when I was 12 years old at a church camp, um, sexually assaulted by two men over the course of a couple of days, and um, you know that was, you know, it ruined me. Oh, you know, just yeah. you know, like so much shame and so much guilt, and didn't share it with anybody for actually 31 years until actually just a year and a half ago was when I kind of, you know, finally uh, brought it out to uh, my wife and a good friend of mine. But uh, you know, so I was. I got into just grabbing onto anything that I could use that would help me just navigate life. And, you know, not, I mean, I had multiple different, uh, you know, suicide attempts kind of growing up. And <clears throat> so, 
but I found this idea of an alter ego that helped me for periods of time just suspend my own you know, disbelief about what I could do, get me out of my own narrative and my own story and step into you know, a different self so that I could still go out and do the things that I wanted to do, right? Like, I mean, I think there's a lot of people that can relate, and I know they can because I've shared the story before around, you know, people have, there's a lot of people who've had some tough experiences in life. Um, and for some people, it's a puppet string in the unconscious that holds you back in some way. It's that, it's where that, it's that force of resistance. And it's hard to cut that string because you're holding on to that narrative. But when you step into using your creative imagination, the idea of, well, you know, what would Oprah do or Serena Williams do or what would Superman do? And um, you just, for that moment, and then even longer, you kind of bring yourself out of that narrative and now you're acting and living through a different narrative, which doesn't have that same resistance. And it actually helps you still untap who you actually are, right? Because there are, you know, there's layers of, you know, the, the, the stuff that we carry around with us that stops us. Yeah. Um, and we know it doesn't serve us um, or we can't figure out why am I not doing this? We ask ourselves that question. Then we end up just getting into a viral loop in our head, slowing us down. And, you know, it's a, it's a tough question sometimes. Why is sometimes a tough question for people to handle? Because we're inside the bottle of our own life and it's really hard to read the label. Um, whereas, you know, playing with these other identities and you sort of shape shift and then you can actually get the things that you want to, or you can actually act on the things that you want to do. And that isn't about in, uh, being inauthentic. Because yeah. anytime, you know, inauthenticity is when you're doing things in order to deceive or trick other people. And this is all about you um, really untapping the things that are already there that are being affected by just this, this, the many fears and judgments and worries and criticisms that people naturally have. Um, and so, I mean, I've built out alter egos and secret identities for pro athletes, Olympic athletes all around the world. Um, you know, there isn't a continent that I haven't touched, basically, um, in executives and leaders and uh, just not just in the context of sport and business, though. Yeah. I mean, I tell stories in there about how people have been able to step into, like, way better parents um, by tapping into this idea. And we can kind of talk about it more. Yeah, so yeah. essentially what you're saying is taking on this heroic alter ego yeah. um, of your best self. So yeah. whatever... If you've got to go up and give a speech or you have to perform in a big event or whatever it is to bring out that identity that's within you that would allow you to perform at your best in that moment. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and it's, it could be like, you know, closing a sale, doing a deal, starting the business. Sometimes we have this, we have a tough time seeing ourselves do something, but we can see other people do it. We're like, oh, I can see why he can do it, but I can't, right? There's actually a powerful frame that you found that you can now use to now perform at a higher level. So, you know, the reason that I've been so successful at working with people and helping them like transform performance is because I don't invent new things. I'm simply just trying to look and find existing phenomenon that lived inside of the psychology of how human beings are built and just leverage it. So to that point, it's the grass is greener. That's, that's the classic grass is greener on the other side effect. Right, like so. Oh, I can see why Stefan can do that, and then you and then you build up this narrative. It's because he's got this and this and this and this and this, and then and then you basically the flip of that is, well, because I can't do it because of this, this, and this, and this. Okay, fine. You've just put yourself into a box, yeah. And I'm not. And what I'm not here to do is try to change what's inside that box. That's trying to change someone's mindset that way is a long and slow process. 
Instead, I go, okay, no, I'm, we're going to leave you there. Let's leave you there. Right. But if you could act to and through this over here, yeah. if you, no, no, I get, I get you want to argue for your own limitations. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. That's how they've defined themselves. That's how they've defined themselves. I am this way. Yeah. That's my personality. I'm a challenger. Yeah. Or I'm uh, this. Or so I'm no, shy. Or I'm yeah. whatever yeah. I am. Yeah. No, I get it. I, am, I get that that's what you are. Um, but then how's that serving you? Right? It's, a, it's, the, it's the best question that Dr. Phil contributed to society. How's that working for you? Right? How's it working for you? Right? And then you can justify for me and all those things. Okay, wonderful. You know, are you willing to accept a new idea of what you think you can and cannot do. Just are you? Because if you're willing, then I can work with you. If you're not, then you know, stay trapped there. Um, because that, that ability that we have to like see how other people can do it, but we can't, I'm like, great. Let's now create that other self for you, which is still you. Because it's impossible for you to act and create a result if it wasn't already inside of you. Right? And then what happens is you get to this point where um, I share in the book the quote from Cary Grant, where he says, uh, you know, the famous Hollywood golden era actor, debonair, charismatic, where he says, I pretended to be somebody I wanted to be, and I became that person, or he became me, but we met at some point. And the only thing I would change in that is I activated the person I wanted to be. Because what I'm trying to, you know, the message I'm trying to give people is, no, you have, the power is inside of you. We, our only superpower as human beings is the creative imagination. It's the thing that truly separates us from other beings on the planet. You know, people go, oh, but we got better critical, critical thinking skills. We might have better, but that's not the thing that's unique to us. No other animal has a creative imagination like we do, where we can actually be anything. We can step into and create new selves all of the time. It's so powerful. And so I, I treat people as, you know, some people go, okay, that's a, they're broken and I'm going to fix them. Terrible, yeah. terrible paradigm to treat people through. I'm like, no, you're already fixed. You're fixed. Like you're whole already. I'm just going to peel away all of the residue and layers of stuff and help you subtract, delete, remove. So that then all of a sudden you get to the point where you're like, wow, I became the person I wanted to be. So how can people activate that heroic alter ego? Is it acting as if, identifying this is the person that I need to be and then start to shift your physiology, take on those beliefs, yeah. start doing the things that that person would do? So that's, that's some of it. But the first place is it's always context. You're always building an identity for a field of play. And this is the healthiest thing that you can do, actually. Some people are like, this is, this is actually going to confront some people's beliefs about what it means to be a whole self or a human being or authenticity and I'm going to break a lot of them for you right now because um, for the longest time the psychology world had basically brought up the idea that the people who had the best mental health were people who had a single identity, a single self that they identified with, I am this way. The reality is we have a single body, like I've got a body but it carries many selves. So I always just fundamentally knew as a practitioner. Like, again, I'm not someone who's like created courses and like this is 22 years now in. I have 16,000 hours working with people one-on-one. That's, that's this. Yeah. Toes to toes, nose to nose, face to face. That's a completely different level of performance that happens. Because when I'm giving you strategy, Stefan, to go out and win, you're going to come back tomorrow or the next day and let me know what happened. Yeah. And if over the course of a month, if everything I'm giving you isn't working, 
I'm not, we're not going to be working together for very long because I'm not helping you perform. I mean, I get paid on results. And, and so, but whereas in a group environment, things can hide in there because a group think takes over, which is a, which is a classic uh, paradigm that we as human beings live under. So we start raising hands, yeah, yeah, it worked for me too because we don't want to look weird in the tribe or something like that. So um, we have multiple selves that we take out there. As a practitioner, I, I knew, I'm like, well, of course my athlete is different out there than they are over here. It makes sense. That's why when you hear people go, oh man, I met so-and-so, they're, they're a lot different in real life than yeah. you. Yeah, or they're a lot different in person. Yeah, yeah. of course they are. Like, that's what I want to break. I want to like create a completely new set of rules that, people, that society operates through this way because it's the reality of stuff. And so multiple self-theory is now the fastest growing probably area of study now in psychology where it is now understood that the people who have and identify with multiple identities in themselves, multiple selves based on context, me as a business person, right. me as a salesperson inside my business, um, me as a parent, as a you know friend, and then you're creating and intentionally creating that that self that's going to help you win out there. That's custom built to win. Are the people who have the highest level of mental health? The people who I have, they think they have one single self, one single identity, have the highest rate of um, mental health issues. To your point of like, well, that's just who I am. I'm shy, yeah. or you know, I'm a challenger. Like that's me. I mean. Yeah. I'm working with people like you, yeah. high performers, high achievers, people that want and are ambitious about life every day, all day long, eight to ten hours of the day. And um, that's natural for me to bring my challenger personality out where I'm trying to yeah. break paradigms and you know, pull people across finish lines and push them forward and you know, help give them new tools and just really problem solve that stuff. The last thing that my children want when I get home is a challenger personality, right? right? right. So how is that working for you? How's that working for you when you're bringing that self home from work to home? Creates a ton of problems. Yeah. Yeah. Your wife isn't going to like it or your husband isn't going to like it. Your, my kids aren't going to like that. They want fun, playful. They're little kids. Yeah. They want fun, playful, gentle dad. Yeah. And here's the thing. I know that they live inside of me. I know that those qualities are there. I do not subscribe to the whole personality like imprinting of my DNA. No, because the moment I do that, I am completely defying what it is yeah. to be a human being. Right? Yeah. So funny. You know, I, um, I work with Roger Love, who's the number one vocal yeah. coach in the world. He works Amazing. with me, and I did an interview with him, and I said, what have you noticed? He worked with Eminem, John Mayer, Selena Gomez. What have you noticed from these incredible performers? And he said 90% of them are introverts, mm-hmm. and that they take on this identity, yeah, right, persona. this persona, yeah. to perform in that moment. And it's exactly what you're describing here. And I can relate to that myself as me as the YouTuber, or the speaker, yeah, or the yeah, coach, yeah. but I have many different facets of myself. Yeah. And I would just define or limit myself just as that one person. Yeah. And, and so what do people say to you? It's like, you know, yeah, but don't you want to bring out that real you on your YouTube channel? Well, what's, what's real? Right, right. Right? Like, what does that mean even? Yeah. Like, yeah. The, the people, it's, a, it's actually gotten to be very dangerous, a lot of the kind of ideas that have been passed around in, especially today, more so than any other era because social media has become so dangerous. It's so weaponized with you know, commentary and hatred and a judgment and criticism, people jumping the gun way before and making decisions before they have all the information about a situation or something like that. Everyone's got an opinion. And so what it's doing, and I'm, and I'm seeing it even more so in the Gen Z and that Gen Y, that millennial era where... Um, People are actually gripped with so much tribal fear right now, right? That 
they, they're afraid to say things. They're afraid to get it maybe wrong originally because someone's going to jump all over them. That's terrible, right? And so what, 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 is, what do you mean by authentic? Because here is what authenticity and being inauthentic is. When you can do something and you don't, that is inauthentic. Yeah. You know, and how I know that to be true, just getting to the facts of the matter, is when you lay your head on the pillow at night and you recount your day and unpack it and you say, why didn't I say that to that person? Why didn't I speak up when that person was like dissing on my friend or something like that? Or why didn't I, you know, close the deal when I had the opportunity and I know that they were kind of like making all the buying signals, but, you know, I was scared about rejection. Or, you know, why didn't I call my mom today and tell her that I love her instead of just thinking about it, right? Different possibilities exist when you do that. That is being inauthentic. That is operating from a trapped self. Um, and I'm not saying that stuff to beat people up, but that is a fantastic context and paradigm to live life through. Like, I don't want to, the, the less I can do that with my head on a pillow at night, the better I'm going to sleep. <laughs> and, and, the, and the more that you say, man, I'm so happy that I actually walked up to that guy at that conference and introduced myself, and, or I'm, like, I'm excited that I actually finally moved past the resistance and the rejection and the worry of that stuff and I asked for the sale. It didn't happen, but at least I did it, right? That's growth. That's you spiraling out of that trapped self and into what I call the heroic self in the book. And then you're developing more and more of yourself. Like, um, uh, anyway, it's just, there's a, there's a lot of things in the society right now that are they're extremely troublesome and are, and are causing good people like the ones that listen to you, yeah. you know, a lot of mental strife and emotional strife. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I want to make sure you guys check out this book. I'm going to link to it below for you guys. Um, 20 years of working with top performers, what are some key beliefs and mindsets that you've observed from some of the top performers out there? Yeah, okay. I'll give one that will be maybe challenging for some people to think. But um, uh, So an, an alter ego, some people could describe it as a super ego. So the ego is the thing that you bring out that, you know, you know is prideful, right, and, you know, acts out of maybe pleasing other people, all those kind of qualities that end up not getting us what we want. And then there's the super ego or the alter ego that sits on top of that to help us really like show up like in full bloom and form out there. And um, there is uh, one of the top soccer players arguably to ever live that's been a client. And he just has a fundamental frame of mind that he's offended by the other people showing up onto the field with him, that they shouldn't be sharing the blades right. of grass with him. Right. Now, again, it's important. He's not in the press conference saying that, right? right? But, he believes but again, him. that's what he believes. Again, I'm working with someone one-on-one. -on -one. That's when you can actually unpack how really successful people are thinking, okay? Not the stuff that makes, you know, that's, you know, bandied about, that is palatable to the people who sit in the average middle that want to argue for their limitations, and then, you know, people throw out some self-help stuff that makes them, makes that crowd feel a little bit better about themselves, but not, it's like, no, I'm here to give you the real and honest truth. You can take it or leave it all you, for all you want, but it's the reality of how they think. And there's, there's very little information that's been spread around as to how the elite actually uh, work and think. Now, again, this isn't just in business and sport. I'm talking about the elite as parents, right? Like... How do they, I mean, and that's what I've seen, the elite parents, there is this element of gentleness, 
also a challenge, challenger thing. There's an element of responsibility that they give to their kids frequently. Um, and so for him, he just fundamentally believes that it's, it's offensive to him that they're showing up on that pitch with him. Yeah. They don't deserve to be out there. And because of that, I am going to destroy you out here. And so when you think of the context of performance, is that going to help him perform higher? A hundred percent it will. Sure. A hundred percent. And so that's, that's one thing is that they have a really, they, they, they have this fantastic ability to live in context that on that pitch that works for him. Now, when I started working with him, that attitude had actually spread outside of that box of the field. And it was in his personal life as well. doesn't work so well. Right. Out there on the field. Different context. Different context. Yeah. yeah on the field, that works. Good for you because it's yeah. competition. Yeah. It's like yeah. aggression. But, you know, in a relationship, yeah. you know, best of luck <laughs> with that. Right? Yeah. And so I really helped him, you know, you know, really evolve that identity, you know, into being more than that. Right? And entrepreneurs are, you know, fall prey to this as well. They only describe themselves as, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So is that all of your identity? Because for me... I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a dad, I'm a lover, a husband, you know, like there's, I'm a brother, I'm a, you know, there's so many things that I get to be. Yeah. That's why you, I was going to, what's the hardest, what's the hardest web page you've ever written? Sales pages. Sales pages? Yeah. And it's because you've created the thing, right? Yeah. I'll bet you the other one that was the hardest thing for you to write was your about page. Oh, that's true. Yeah. The about page is so hard for yeah. people because how do you define yourself? How do you define yourself, right? Yeah, bio bios especially. So so I'll give everyone a trick. And you can swipe this off of the top of my about page. We actually just went through a bit of a brand redesign, so it might be switched out, but um, uh, for the longest time it was out there for a decade. Um uh my top of my about page was, you know, hey, thanks thanks for coming to my about page. And I get it, you want to put me in a box. But here's what I want to tell you. Just like you, I'm a heck of a lot more than a web page. Yeah. Right? And so Below, you can read some bullet points about who I am personally, professionally, um, and maybe that'll help shape whether or not you want to hang around or not, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Thanks for stopping by. Mm-hmm. And then below that was like personally, you know, I'm a massive root beer lover. You know, I'm a dyslexic. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I grew up on a farm and ranch in Western Canada, live in New York City professionally, spoken on thousands of stages, did a speech with my fly down as well. Like, you know, like all these things. Yeah. It, I mean, it, I think it would help people if they... Just if you just realize that no, like we have multiple fields, and which means you can have multiple selves that are custom built to help you win out there. So healthy for you to think that way. And I think a key thing is not necessarily allowing others to define you because no. the media they want to define you as you're the peak performance coach, or Tony Robbins is a motivational speaker, or you're this or that. Yeah. But there's so much more than that. But they kind of want that label. I know for me, I when I was younger in high school, people would tell me that I was shy, I was so quiet. And I allowed that, their opinion, yeah. their definition to define me yeah. rather than me define myself yeah. and not allowing that to limit me. Yeah. Um, it's fascinating. So it's almost what you're saying is they have a belief that they're the best. It's like mm-hmm. an overconfidence. Mm-hmm. And let me ask you, where does that come from? Is it their work ethic? Is it, yeah. the, are there certain mental things they do to kind of get themselves to have that belief in themselves? Well, I mean, it's... Uh, it's not delusions of grandeur. It's like, you know, you can't have that and, and then not do the actual practice yeah. and work, right? So that comes from closing feedback loops, seeing how well you do with other people, um, or, you know, you it are in context. reinforces that belief. You know, the, the amount of work and effort that you put into it um, helps you develop that. Um, that's another thing. And, 
You know, it just it just grows and grows over time. Now, there's a lot of people that have come across that could easily be the best in the world at their craft, but there is some sort of they've 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 kind of sort of put themselves some sun rung on the ladder below someone else. They're like, yeah, I'm good, but I'm not as good as that person or that. You know, that person has this benefit. They're three inches taller than me or whatever. And, you know, they just, all they're doing is they're just chopping down their own tree, you know, and diminishing their own confidence. You know, that's, and that's not the only thing that's a, a it's a common thing. Um, I'll say another one is, is a constant uh, uh, up-leveling of the people around them, understanding that allies having great quality people around you is only going to help serve you going forward. Like, I mean, that was the stupidest thing that I did early on was I did the whole, uh, I'm going to climb to the top of the mountain on my own and plant that flag up there. So that I did it. And I can tell everyone else that I did it and it was arrogant, but it was stupid and it was slow. And then it wasn't until I, you know, got into mentorship at a young age, I managed to find a mentors at young ages at a young age. And, and I was like, Oh, wow, this is so much easier and it's so much more enjoyable to be able to pick up the phone and call someone who has already done it and is like the master of the craft. Like Harvey Dorfman uh, was my mentor. He's known as the Yoda of baseball, one of the greatest mental game coaches ever, wrote the Bible of the, you know, the industry. And I tucked myself under his wing and, you know, I did it for 33 days and, you know, again, then he started passing me pro clients immediately. Um, and it was going to take me a lot longer to go and find that. Plus I got to see him work with some of the biggest pros of all time, sit in with him. I'm like, Oh wow, that's actually what their big issues are. Not even the stuff that's on the field. It's like the 80% that sits outside the field that affects it. Like you think about, you know, yourself and myself or the people here, you know, you think about how you're performing in your day and the stuff that distracts you. I'll bet it has very little to do with the actual activity of your business it has a lot to do with, you know, family or girlfriends or boyfriends or parents or siblings, right? Like all that stuff ends up seeping in, which then, you know, uh, pulls you away from achieving, you know, well on that field. So I got to see that really quickly and firsthand. So the idea that you want to find and be around and get around as many great high quality people and, and constantly level it up, it's so powerful. You've seen it. I mean, I've, I've been lucky enough to see you grow you know, into your, you know, business over the last six, seven years or whatever. And it's, it's been crazy. So is it surrounding yourself with people that are further ahead than you, those more, more successful or those that challenge you? Yeah. I mean, all of those things. Um, uh, when I was leaving, when I was leaving the farm, my mom said to me, cause she knew that I was going to become a farm kid or I wasn't going to become taking over the farm or anything that was for my brothers. <clears throat> and I was going to go off and travel the world and do my stuff. But, uh, you know, she always said, you know, Whatever you want to go do, just find whoever's the best at it and go learn from them. And so I've always had that as the way that, A, how I choose the vendors and suppliers and partners that we work with. or um, And so that's what I did with, with Harvey and reaching out to Harvey and uh, working with him. But yeah, I'm not, and it's not always we're looking at it in the context of, you know, how many zeros you have behind your, like, because you just want to be around good quality, character rich people. Um, that are fun as well, possibly, and you know, uh, challenge you, uh, are honest, are truthful, and you know, again, maybe you can't get that right away, but you continue to develop that over time, and you know, now all of a sudden you're surrounded with just this fantastic group of allies, yeah. 
And then the, the key here though, and this is actually, I, I know that this is an idea that resonates with a lot of people. We understand that having amazing allies and mentors and friends and you know, people to help us is so important. And that's on the external. But what are you doing on the internal? Right. And, and the alter ego effect and the alter ego itself, the root of that was first penned in a letter from Cicero, the great Roman philosopher and statesman in 44 BC to a friend. And he said, the, the alter ego is the other I or trusted friend. And it becomes the ally that you bring in between the six inches of yours to help you go and do, right? If we already know that those allies out there help us go and do, what about the allies you bring internally? Right. The ally that you create for yourself to help you be a great dad or to great, be a great, um, have a great relationship with that um, significant other or to be a great leader in your business because maybe you started off your business and you use that challenge or personality to help you get there, but now you know you're leveling up and you got team around you. Now you got to step into and evolve into a new role possibly. Yeah. I, I've noticed by surrounding myself with certain people, you also start to take on yeah. a bit of who they are, yeah. their personality traits. Even when you consume content, you know, when you read books, you're taking in their belief systems, their mindset, mm-hmm. their habits, and mm-hmm. you kind of take a piece of that and you that becomes a part of you. Yeah. You know what you just said is so important. And actually, that's why, you know, for you, you've evolved so much faster than other people because you write a lot. And, um, and it's so valuable. If you're someone who only consumes other people's ideas and all you do is read other people's books. Now, I definitely want you to read a book, yeah. but just one book. It's a yellow book and it's got... It's no, right here. It's right here. <laughs> um, but if you only consume other people's ideas on leadership or you know, um, sales or mindfulness or like whatever the topic is, and you never stop to put pen to paper and ask yourself the question, what are my thoughts about leadership what are my thoughts about what it means to be a great leader you need to put that stuff down so that you can start to actually coagulate those ideas and help help it all resolve with your viewpoint on things and then what's great is when you do that you can go back and you can read what you wrote five years ago and you go wow that's what I thought about leadership back then and now you've just done something so powerful because we all understand that photos help you see growth but if you don't think about those paradigms that you live through and you don't ask yourself what you think about them, then it's hard to see the mental, emotional growth and intellectual growth that you've had over the last five years. Like, it's, it's cool for me to go back and look at the journals that I've written, you know, two decades ago even now. Yeah. And I'm 43 now, and looking back, um, you see what I was like at 23? I'm like, wow, that's what you, like, no wonder you struggled with that, yeah. right? And then I think now, like, what's, what am I going to say about myself at 43 when I'm 53? It's like, wow. That was an interesting way that you thought about stuff. So, um, yeah, and I mean, and, and you, because you do that so often, you're able to like, you're like, because even when you write something, I don't know if you do this. I mean, I did that when I was writing the book. It's like, you look at it and I was like, it's not really what I think though. Like, cause you just got it out. And then you're like, you're going back and you're like, I don't like how that's, that's not quite yeah, the representation. Yeah. yeah. So. Got it. Yeah. Now, I'm glad you brought up mentorship. Um, You've been influenced a lot by Jim Rohn. Mm-hmm. Do you mind sharing a little bit with people your experience with him? Yeah, I mean, uh, well, A, I met him at a um, <clears throat> construction person of the year event in uh, Banff, Alberta, Canada. My uncle was getting an award, and um, I sat next to him. Didn't know who he was. I was yeah. young, and uh, he ended up asking me all these questions. I just won this like restaurant award, and just was like, oh, what are you going to do? And just asking me questions that people didn't ask me about like what do you want to do with your life kind of, kind of questions like that 
goals and stuff. And uh, I mean, I I was doing all the talking because he was doing all the question asking. And I was like, oh, so like, you know, are you getting an award tonight too? And he was like, oh, I'm, I'm actually the, the keynote speaker. And I'm like, oh, I'm such an idiot. I just got done telling him that I, was, that I wanted to speak. I wanted to be a speaker too or get out and speak at least. Um, and then right then and there, he got introduced to come up and do his uh, keynote of the night. And he got up and I was like, like it was like 56 minutes of the greatest thing I'd ever heard. Um, and I sat down and I'm like, oh, my God, like I want to do that. Like how did you – he's so eloquent. Um, so anyways, we he, he kind of – uh, gave me kind of three three things to go and do, and he's like, you know, when you do that, you know, give me a call, and uh, and because I talked about how I wanted to start a business, and he gave me three things to go and do. So, you know, two days later it was Monday by you know the afternoon. I called him, and I was like, hey Jim, it's Todd. I just met you on the weekend. I don't know if you remember me. I mean, mm-hmm. I sat next to him for like five hours, so of course he'd probably remember me. But um, I said, yeah, I'm done. Those three things. Now what do I do? Kind of. And he called me back the next day. And he's like, "All right, well, you're one of the only people that has ever gone out and, you know, done the thing that I've said." So, he gave me another couple of things. And we kind of went back and forth, and it, and it turned into a, a mentorship over the course of a, a uh, you know, a couple of years. And we stayed in contact over the course of the 13 years that I knew him until he passed away. Uh, but it was really kind of in that in that beginning phase there, um, in the late 90s. And um, but he was just, you know. Just the amount of care he took in the words that he chose was like so impactful, and he would always question me on, you know, why, like, why that word? You know, you need to work harder on those because that's that's not a the, that's not the right word, Todd. And uh, and so even me, I find it in my coaching now. What I'm really good at is I pay attention to, or not even just coaching, but just conversations and the advisory and the mentorship that I do is you know you say something and i'm not even listening to much of the sentence i'm i'm looking at the word choices that you're using cuz that actually gives me a real window into you know what you see in your attitudes yeah. and i'm like you know you just said something why did you why did you use the word struggle yeah. like anyway um so that was kind of one of the gifts that he gave me yeah it's yeah. fascinating um i want to talk a little bit about goal setting cuz that is one thing that yeah top performers have in common um you mind sharing with your, the audience a little bit about goal setting, why that's important, and any tips that you might have for them? Well, I mean, I think pretty much everyone knows why goal yeah. setting. Like, no one has ever argued in any debate that goal setting is terrible, right? right? Like right. Everyone, and everyone understands that it's important. Um, most people's, I think the, and, and a lot of people have talked about like having lots of goals, and 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 my frame is over the course of 90 days on a, in, in context to one area like business, you should actually only have one goal because it organizes so much of your um, focus, your resources, and the enemy to performance, the enemy to greatness is more. More it will never get you there. It's less. It's subtraction. It's deletion. It's removal. Now, my nuance with that, when I say more is the enemy to performance. More meaning having eight projects to be working on right now. I'm uh, having 17 different, you know, or three different businesses that you're trying to, to start at the same time. No, no business owner has ever been successful starting and running two businesses at the same time. It's yeah. like impossible. Yeah. Um, and, and so that idea of focusing down and choosing one goal um, that you can move towards 
which then helps you make a decision around the projects that you'll do. Because I break down in this one model that I use to help people with, you know, in entrepreneurship and business owners and, you know, athletes as well, that when you, once you have that one goal, which is typically, there's not, there aren't that many goals that you can actually have in business because they all kind of fundamentally chunk up to like revenue, sales, profit, um, maybe customer growth or something. Everything else is actually projects. Right. So even like, well, my goal is to have my website done. That's not a goal. That's a project because you have a lot of control over the website being completed. Now, you saying that you want to complete your website and then have it converting, you know, 35 customers a month to earn you $60,000. Now, that is a completely different lens that you've attached to the project itself. So having that great goal that is just an outcome, it's a number, it's just, it's just sitting on the, the scoreboard where the meaning gets brought in is now in the projects that you're working on because that's, that's actually the translation of strategy. That's how you yeah. translate strategy is projects. Yeah, so. and you've created an amazing program called the 90-Day Year. Do you mind sharing with people real quick a little bit about that? Yeah, 90-Day Year is, um, you know, it's, it's what I use with athletes to help them scale up their skills really fast. Is like, what's that one skill? Again, what goal. So what's the one skill that if we worked on this, Stefan, is going to bring your performance up by an order of magnitude of many, many degrees, okay? <clears throat> because it's going to have a, a domino effect on the other skills that you have. What most athletes do is they work on so many skills at the same time. It's like trying to move like you know eight boulders up the up the hill. You, you're not. It slows you down. Whereas one skill um, is powerful. Then we build out you know the whole um, uh, practice regimen and routine in order to make that happen. So I, I simply took that when I started getting asked to come into corporate and small businesses or businesses, and I was like, I kind of went in. And I'm like, oh wow, like look at how many things people are working on. It's the same as the athlete over there. So we need to stri- help them strip stuff away. So inside the 90-year program, we have this, um, we always start with a diagnostic. I don't know about the people here or about you, but I always got really frustrated with people telling me what I needed to be doing. Because I'm like, you don't know my situation. Yeah. So in business, what we do uh, for business owners is we have a diagnostic that runs through the five main pillars that every business has, marketing and sales, uh, product, uh, um, operations and technology, finance, and and people in leadership. Every business in the world has those five main pillars. We ask a bunch of questions about each of them, and and it's just like scale of one to ten. You know, know, how is your lead generation? How is your lead conversion? Anyway, you're just rating yourself on this. And and what you're, the powerful part of that process is when you're diagnosing, or when you're going through that process, you start to actually be able to diagnose for yourself what's the most important thing for you to be working on, because it's so glaring. It's sitting there. And for me, that's really powerful as someone who's trying to help people perform because the moment it becomes your idea, yeah. you're going to own it. Yeah. But if I'm telling you to do it, nah, well, I don't know, you're going to argue against it or something, depending on how much your level of belief is in me as a mentor or advisor or a coach or whatever. Um, and so then that ends up filtering into, okay, now that we've understand your past performance, where you're at right now, performance, elite level performance, peak performance is about understanding we want to develop a plan of action from where you're standing right now. Not from where you think you are or, you know, no, we need to get clear about where you're at right now so we can plot a perfect path forward for you. Success is about sequencing, doing the right things at the right time, right for you, right? And so that's what we've done really well inside the program is get people that clarity. And then all that other stuff, like people talk about productivity. I'm like, for me, productivity is the new stupid. 
like everyone talks about productivity and it's like that's the stuff that you use to organize the stuff that you already are so clear about what you want to be doing right. most people lack the clarity right. we're about getting them the clarity because once you get someone clear boom now you've got someone who's like that's a dangerous person yeah. who's very clear because now you've got just a path forward that you see and and I know because I've talked to tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of people over the years that um, clarity is is that is that one great string of the puppet that holds people back I love it so I'm gonna make sure I link to the 90-day year for you guys highly recommend that you guys check it out if you want to take your goal setting to a whole new level and achieve really incredible results I've yeah. seen so many people that have gone through the program and I can definitely attest to it so if you go to www.projectlifemastery.com slash 90 day year we'll link to that below for you guys as well check it out to learn more about that and I want to talk a little bit more about this book man what kind of um, you know you just got this out yeah. it's having an amazing impact um, in so many people do you mind sharing a little bit uh, how long you've been working on this book what inspired you to write it um, well, I mean, I've been working with the concept for 16 years with people, yeah. um, and I've been having, you know, basically since I started working with people on it, I had people telling me to write the book on it, yeah. and, and it was really my secret sauce. It was what I was known for, is what I was introduced for in, in, in pro sport. It's like I'm the guy who builds out alter egos, so I always kind of kept that method, you know, behind closed doors. Didn't want to get it out there into a book, and now, you know, a lot longer in my career, um, I was, you know, with a mutual friend of ours, Tucker Max. We met at a at an event, and I we introduced ourselves. I sort of said about the book, and this is someone who's written multiple New York Times bestsellers, very popular in the publishing space. And I told him about the alter ego thing. He's like, "What did you just say?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm known for building alter egos and secret identities to help people transform their performance." And he's like, "If you're not writing a book, you're a freaking idiot." Um, probably more colorful language than that, even. And uh, so, you know, and I'm dyslexic, so I was kind of used was a little bit of a crutch for why I wouldn't write it. Um, but it was just that right time. It's sort of just things coming together. And then, uh, you know, it took me a couple of years to unpack it and, 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 and really put it together. And, you know, I ended up signing with Harper Collins. And my editor there is an absolute superstar editor. Uh, and he pulled a great, great book out of me, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Amazing book, guys. Make sure to check it out on Amazon, Kindle, Indigo Chapters, you name everywhere. it. It's everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. airport bookstores, yeah, Barnes & Noble. Yeah, so I'll link to it for you guys. You've also created a master class as well, which we'll link to. Yeah. If you go to projectlifemastery.com slash alter ego effect, check that out as well. The last question I have is um, one thing I admire about you is you're really an incredible networker. Mm. You know, you really uh, are amazing at... You, connecting with people and building those relationships. Any tips that you have for people when it comes to that? Um, yeah. Uh, biggest one is <clears throat> make it a daily practice. Um, maybe not in the beginning, but that's the goal is to get to a daily practice of trying to find a way to connect other people together. So people think of like networking as a um, you want to connect so that you can find a way to you know, maybe develop a new relationship with them or, you know, business or something like that. Like it's kind of, it can get a little bit transactional. For me, it's like, I want to find as many super high quality people as I can so I can connect them together to make life easier for them. Right. And it always spins back to me. Um, but my motivation is about, you know, I, I know how challenging life is. I, I know it. Like it's, I personally experienced it. Like it's, it's tough. 
And so anytime I can help make it easier on other people to do the amazing things that they're doing um, and keep that focus um, daily as a practice, it's so healthy consciously to do that for yourself. So that's the big thing is, you know, no one forgets the smell of the scent of the rose of the person that, you know, it was handed from, right? So when you, when I connect you to someone else and something great happens, um, like, oh yeah, Todd connected us or whatever. Like that's, and I, I get so much joy out of seeing that happen too. Like, and I truly do. Like I get really excited genuinely when, when that happens. So that's one, one thing, um, uh, about it. And, um, the second thing is, and I had the opportunity to get connected with Stan Lee right before he passed away. Um, you know, the great leader of the Marvel comic, you know, world, uh, and I learned this, it was almost the exclamation point on the end of my experience of working with and, and being able to get around some great people. They were always phenomenally enthusiastic about your stuff. Mm. Like he was so excited for the book. Yeah. What can I do to help you? Yeah. You know, he was, his line to me was, you know, for 80 years we've invited people into the extraordinary worlds of superheroes and alter egos and now you've just given people the opportunity to create their own. Yeah. Um, and he was so enthusiastic. So be enthusiastic about other people's stuff. It's so like, it's such a charge of energy for people when you, when they get that from you. So, you know, that'd be my other kind of encouragement. It's about adding value, which you've done yeah. an amazing job here today, man. Thanks, I appreciate buddy. it. Thank you appreciate so much. You. Guys, check out the alter ego effect. We'll make sure to get into link to everything below. Thank you guys for watching. If you guys enjoyed this, hit the thumbs up here on YouTube, leave a comment below and we'll see you again in the next video. Take care. Thanks for joining me today and listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or received any value, then I'd love for you to leave an honest review on iTunes and subscribe to the Project Life Mastery podcast for future episodes. And of course, to receive more content and value, make sure to find and follow me at www.projectlifemastery.com for more. Thanks again. Remember to always believe and commit your life to mastery. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.